0: This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's Community Access Media Organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz.
1: Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre. In the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838 This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Can you help Greetings, I am Barry. This is The Voice Within for another week. We're going to start off this week with uh, our friend Pam Gregory, because it will be coming up to the 1st of February very, very soon.
2: Hi everyone, Pam Gregory, astrologer. I'm going to be speaking to you today about the first half of February and the new moon that we have in Aquarius right at the beginning of the month on the 1st. Now, let's move on to the astrology. And this year, I've called the year of revelations and revolutions. That's how I really believe it's going to be. Um, We are going to have a lot of truth coming out this year. And this new moon in Aquarius is actually another peak moment for that. So, The energies through the year are going to be intense. We're building to a crescendo in the last three months of the year. But at the moment, we're building up to that Aries equinox in March. Now, that is really the astrological new year. Astrologers see that as the beginning and that chart for the Aries equinox is incredibly important. And I'll be looking at that as we get a little bit closer. But the energy building up to that, the incredibly positive energy, that is upgrading humanity is just reaching a kind of tsunami level and people are upgrading at warp speed. We are really feeling this. So, For many people, they're having physical symptoms. They're having tinnitus ringing in the ears, aches and pains, extreme headaches. Insomnia is a big one. I mean, usually I can win prizes for sleeping. I've been awake since one o'clock in the morning today. And that's becoming more and more common that I just feel wired to the mains. And um, I switch my drucha off at night. So it's not that. It's the energy that's coming in because the The magnetic field of the sun has dropped significantly, the magnetic field of the earth has dropped significantly, and the local cloud has fallen away significantly, allowing in all the extra cosmic and galactic energy that we haven't experienced before that is creating this upgrade for Gaia and for us. And interestingly, the sign... Aquarius ruled by the planet Uranus are very connected to these increasingly unstable geomagnetics, these solar flares, these um, M-class storms, these coronal mass ejections that we're seeing more and more of, spikes in the strength and amplitude of the human resonance, the Earth's heartbeat. You can follow all of these things on spaceweather.com is a very good source for um these surges in energy coming into the earth and, and also there are many sources for the human resonance that you can follow as well. So, all of this is is measurable, it's, it's science, it's undeniable, but that is what is creating this, this immense tsunami of evolution for humanity. So, in many ways, it's a, it's a really wonderful thing. Now, All of the planets are from the 4th of February when Mercury moves direct are going to be moving direct until the very end of April when Pluto moves retrograde. And that creates this feeling of momentum, of fast moving events, of things happening very, very quickly, as I think they will. And we're right, right on the edge of that. So this new moon In Aquarius happens at 12 degrees 19 minutes of Aquarius. It happens actually on the 31st of January at 9.45pm Pacific time and it happens on the 1st of February 5.45am, as I say UK time, the following day and anywhere um, east of the UK. So, 12 degrees 19 minutes of Aquarius, so it's a new beginning, it's a new moon perfect time to set a new intention for whatever you want to manifest in your life. So see where this falls in your chart. You can download a free birth chart from my website, go to the link below, get a two-part video series that will explain to you from zero how to find these points in your chart with every update I do and what it means for you. And that's really the beginning of your your astrological journey. Now, Aquarius is the sign of truth. It's the sign of Science. So we could be seeing a lot of truth about science. It's visionary. It's very future oriented, as is its ruler Uranus. It's the energy of freedom. It's the energy of the rebel, the revolutionary. It's the energy of higher mind. It's the energy of the galactic, the stranger, the foreigner. Uranus is the energy of the planet of the awakener as well it's very linked to our superconscious. it's the higher octave of mercury and uranus is very strongly aspected in at this new moon as well so very strong futuristic visionary energies of truth now both aquarius and its ruler uranus are linked to discontinuous energy surges of energy hence the link to all these unstable geomagnetics. And I don't know if I mentioned it in the last video, I recently saw a forecast by um, a cosmologist about the geomagnetics coming up in 2022, and he is predicting that they are increasingly unstable. But it's all because of these, these drops in the magnetic shields, etc. but very linked to Aquarian and Uranian energy. Now, we also have four planets in Capricorn. I'll show the chart in a moment, but we have four planets in Capricorn at this new moon. We have Mercury, Venus, Mars, and Pluto. And Mercury is conjunct Pluto very tightly in this first week in February. As I say, it goes it goes stationary direct on the 4th at 24 degrees of Capricorn. But at this um at this new moon, it's very tightly conjunct Pluto, which is almost at 27 degrees of Capricorn. And when you have, and this is a repeat conjunction from the end of December last year, when you have these tight conjunctions between Mercury and Pluto, it's about digging deep. You've got to get to the bottom of things. Because It's brilliant for research, actually, but you've got to unearth things which may, some people may not want to be unearthed. So, it's very linked to digging up secrets, particularly sexual secrets, financial secrets, that's what Pluto's linked to, particularly of of rich, powerful people, Pluto and Capricorn. So, that is linking to the, the truth element of the Aquarian energy, that we could see more truths coming to light at around this time. And these personal planets, Mercury, Venus, Mars, and more slowly Pluto are gonna be recrossing the um, the late degrees of Capricorn, which Jupiter and Saturn crossed at the end of 2020. So whatever was being activated at the end of 2020 by by Jupiter, Saturn can be reactivated now by the personal planets and Pluto is gonna move more slowly through those. So this is a revisiting of what was happening around the end of 2020. Obviously, very linked to the pandemic because it's very much about about top down um, control at that time, all the rules, the regulations, the lockdowns. So this is a revisiting of that. Let's hope it isn't a reinstatement of that. But it could be a revisiting of how the government Capricorn has handled the pandemic since that time, linking into this new moon shining light on truth. It's going to be very interesting, I think, at this time. Venus is in a very tight trine to Uranus. Venus is at 11 of Capricorn, trine to Uranus at 1053, almost four degrees, uh, sorry, almost 11 degrees of Taurus. Capricorn and Taurus are both signs linked to banking and economics. So we could see another uh, development, another step forward in new financial systems, particularly that are digital because Uranus is linked to digital and in Taurus tourist, tourist currencies. So this may be another development with cryptocurrencies in some way. Now, my understanding is that the original um, intent for cryptocurrencies were that they were going to be decentralized. But now I understand every country, um, every country central bank in the world has its own form of cryptocurrency ready to go. So that's going to be very interesting. Is it going to be centralised and top down? Is it going to continue to be uh, decentralised? And this is kind of echoing the the ongoing clash between Saturn and Uranus, which we had all of last year, and will continue a little more loosely this year, but it's still tight at this, this new moon. It comes back exact to the degree in October of the old and the new control versus freedom, particularly control versus freedom with regard to currency. Now, if Venus at 11 of Capricorn is moving through your your fifth house or your seventh house of romance and relationships, it could be that a sudden unexpected relationship comes into your life at that time um, that could come really out of the blue, which could be really wonderful for you. So let us now look at the chart for this new moon. I've set this as always for UK time because this is where I live. So if you're not on UK time, please ignore the clock face of the chart. Ignore the houses. We're just looking at the signs that the planets are in and the aspects between them. This chart looks a little concentrated and squiffy because I'm using a placidus house system. So again, uh, don't worry about that. But just to begin, really, um, we can see sun and moon always exactly together at a new moon, 12 degrees 19 of Aquarius, and they are conjunct Saturn. Now, this is highlighting Saturn in some way. Now, it's very interesting. You might remember that Saturn entered Aquarius on the 22nd of March, 2020, and I do mean 2020. And the next day, March 23rd, most countries in the Western world went into lockdown because of the pandemic. So this new moon is shining a light on that, on restrictions of freedom, but it is also really shining a light on the building, Saturn, of new social structures, Aquarius. And that's a very positive way to look at the effect of this this new moon. And the sun and moon at 1219 of Aquarius are square, to Uranus, the ruler of Aquarius, but almost 11 of Taurus. And as I say, Taurus, um, sorry, Aquarius, as I've said in earlier videos, there's this ongoing square between Saturn and Uranus. And I believe Saturn had the upper hand in that through 2021. There was a lot of top-down control rules, regulations for your safety. I believe this year Uranus will have The upper hand, and it's kind of been let off its leash, if you like, because as of the 18th of January, it moved direct. This is shifting the power to the people in a bigger way. And remember, all of the things that I've just talked about that Uranus is about, it's about rebellion, revolution, it's about earthquakes, volcanoes of all kinds, uh, real ones, political ones, financial ones. It is about unstable geomagnetics, extreme earth events, extreme weather events, many kinds. It's about the future, the galactic, higher mind. It's the planet of awakening. It's the planet of the superconscious. So all and any of those things. And oh, by the way, where there's a hard aspect, which this is, the square two Uranus, it can also be linked to cyber attacks, cyber attacks that could disrupt Taurus our financial system or cyber attacks that could disrupt our food supply systems, Taurus. So those are all possibilities. And with Uranus, because it's the planet of surprises and the unexpected, you never quite know which way it's going to manifest until we're, we're right into it. But it's also linked to finding our tribe, finding our community of like-minded people, be it online or in person. Building a community, building a sense of collaboration. The more we can do that, um, the more we will find our power and strength as the power of the people. So we have another, as well as Venus being in, a, in aspect in trying to Uranus, we also have Mars trying to Uranus. Now Mars is going to energize and activate all of those things around Uranus that I've just talked about. It's going to activate the awakening. I think there could be a lot of awakening running up into the Aries at Equinox in in massive awakening um, of many, many people. Also, we have a sextile between Jupiter at seven of Pisces and Uranus at 10, 11 of Taurus. This is a beautiful sextile. This will get tighter in the second half of February. Both are futuristic planets, both are to do with freedom, but when they come together like this, this is like an opening up of our consciousness, an expansion of our consciousness, potentially. So, you know, this can be really positive, really beautiful. Also, Mars at 5 of Capricorn is sextile to Jupiter at 7 of Pisces, and this can be great for initiating new projects with courage, Mars, stepping bravely into something new. Mars is exalted in Capricorn, it's wonderful for setting a goal and then being able to achieve it, particularly when it has the vision, the vision of Jupiter behind it. So really look at where Mars is falling in your chart, the house area will be activated for the period that Mars is moving through that house. Jupiter spends roughly a year in each house and it, will, it normally brings the expansion or some kind of growth or recognition or success around the affairs of that house. So we've got some really very positive aspects happening here um, at this new moon in Aquarius. Things I just want to point out. I've talked a great deal in the past about Eris at 23 of Aries in square to Pluto, 26 of Capricorn, and also squaring, um, over here. So it's a T square, Homer at, um, in the late degrees of Libra. So I've talked about that a lot and how Homer is a wonderful symbol for new earth, a f- very fertile, creative, regenerative symbol, you can regenerate the earth very rapidly with her magic stick, the Macalite. But there's another T-square that I want to highlight here. As I promised, I'm going to be talking more about the Kuiper Belt objects way up generally beyond the realms of Pluto um, this year, and uh, many of them are dwarf planets. I'm going to be um, two experts, I think, to follow these Kuiper Belt objects are Alan Clay, who runs the Dwarf Planet University and also wonderful astrologer in the US who I've mentioned before, Kelly Hunter, I'll put her website below. She has done some wonderful research with these Kuiper Belt objects. I'll be drawing on some of her research here now and therefore I wanted to very much credit her. Now, what is interesting here is that we have Chiron, the planet of the wounded healer. If you like that archetype at nine of Aries, that is um, linked to sickness, but also inherently linked to healing. That is conjunct, I put it here, a um, dwarf planet called Celassia at five degrees of Aries. Celassia in myth, was the wife of Neptune. She's linked to mermaid energy and associated with the shimmering moonlight and sunlight on the sea. Very beautiful. And to me, she's very linked to photonic light—that very white, bright light that we can see so easily. This, these are the new light codes, the new light codes coming in to help to heal us. Conjunct Chiron. Remember, these dwarf planets, these Kuiper Belt objects, have very slow orbits, roughly two hundred and fifty to. 300 years on average. Eris is longer. It's 560 years. Sedna's 12,000 years. It's way up. So this T-square is going to be staying here for for many months. So Selassia photonic light, new light codes, I believe very much part of our healing moving forwards. And of course, they're, they're light technologies that already exist to help with healing. And I haven't uh, been involved or experienced any of them, but for instance, there's something um, called tachyon, tachyon Light capsule, tachyon.org. I'll put the link below. There's something called the harmonic egg that it apparently uses light technology. So again, I'm not on commission. I've never experienced them, but I just sent, give them to you for your, your own research. So they are squaring And it doesn't look like a square, 90 degrees, but it is because of this squiffy chart. Um, Quaoua, Q-U-A-O-A-R, at five degrees of Capricorn. Now, I've mentioned Quaoua before, one of my absolute favorite um, dwarf planets, a creator god linked to the Tongva people who originally inhabited the Los Angeles basin. They were all about creating through joy creating through high frequency so what they would do before they set their intentions would, would they would sing and dance to raise their frequency to a high level and then set their intention to manifest it was all about creation through joy we are going to learn a lot about frequency being the fundamental principle of our universe How frequency can help us heal, how frequency can help us manifest the most magnificent reality. And Kwawa is square to, and Selassie and Charon are opposed to. I think I've mentioned um, this Kuiper Belt object before. It's spelled spelled Make Make, but it's pronounced Maki Maki at eight degrees of Libra. Now, Maki Maki is. linked to the birdman god of the Rapa Nui people on Easter Island, the great sea spirit of Easter Island, very fertile, linked to the principles of birth and fertility. And in myth, the, um, the birdman god or the great sea spirit was believed to, um, well, it was it's a belief in pantheism, really, that everything in nature had a life force, had spirit, Water, rocks, plants, everything had a life force and spirit. Beautiful. And despite Easter Island only being about 13 miles across with no fresh water supply, they had a thriving ecosystem, you know, abundant food, it was never a problem. But then when the European traders started to arrive through the sort of 17th, 18th, 19th centuries, they, um, they took some of the indigenous people um, as slaves, they pillaged the island, they cut down a lot of the trees and um, disease began because a lot of rats got off the ships onto the island and there was a lot of disease. So Mackie Mackie is actually very interesting, linked to pandemics and also ecological disaster, really, um, really exploiting nature. And at one point, historically, it said that there were only 111 inhabitants left on Easter Island. And you think, how could they possibly come back from that? But indeed, with their close connection and understanding of nature and this principle of the great great sea spirit, the, the birdman god, Maki Maki, being one of regeneration, creativity, rebirth, they did turn around um, nature and the ecosystem on Easter Island, which now, of course, continues to thrive. So it's powerful healing potential coming in again. And there seems to be such a message in these Kuiper Belt objects of not only creation, high frequency, but a profound shamanic connection to nature. This is what we've lost in our sophisticated modern civilization. We have, we have really lost something magical. Um, that is so profoundly healing. And we're going to rediscover it again. This is part of New Earth. It's a combination of a leading-edge understanding of quantum physics together with an ancient knowledge resurging, I believe. So this T-square is running for quite some time and I believe is incredibly positive in turning around our health and turning around the state of nature. So... I'm going to stop sharing at this point. Um, What I also want to say is that the the collapse of 3D is going to continue at a pace through 2022. Tons of drama, tons of color. Just observe from a distance from your eagle's perch. Don't get drawn in as a major focus to that because if we're going to create, we can't keep focusing on that because we're going to keep recreating what we don't want the old stuff. And what will help us to focus on something beautiful to create is this Jupiter Neptune conjunction. I've done a separate video on the Jupiter Neptune conjunction. I'll put that link below as well. This isn't exact until the 12th of April, but we are already into that energy because Jupiter is already in Pisces at seven degrees. It's the ancient ruler. Neptune is in Pisces at 22 degrees, the modern ruler, and they are gradually, gradually coming together as we get towards the 12th of April. Of course, they'll be very close together at the Aries equinox. And this is really, I think, reinforcing the kind of quantum level consciousness of the Kuiper Belt objects, because I talked at length in that Jupiter-Neptune video about the, the magic, the the miraculous around um, this conjunction. And already people are starting to report a kind of shape shifting, that their, their dreams are becoming much more vivid. They're having a lot more synchronicities in their life. They're becoming much more telepathic with other people. They're becoming much more psychically sensitive all around, tuning in to animals and trees and nature in a much bigger way than they ever have. And this is happening quite rapidly. And that is available to all of us, particularly if we're open to that path. And what we'll start to feel increasingly is that our reality is much more malleable, much more fluid than we realized. And, of course, it's always been like that. We just weren't in touch with it very well. We were very kind of stuck in 3D reality and linear time. But the magic of this Jupiter Neptune conjunction, the shift in perception, the shift in dimension is going to show us through our daily experience when we kind of slip between is this dream, is this reality, have I just time slipped, I've lost time here. And that kind of feeling and tuning into other people, as I say, is going to become much more noticeable for many people. We're going to feel like more wave and less particle. And this, of course, is going to empower us because we can start to really feel, okay, I can mold this kind of plasma, which is what it is, this plasma into something magnificent for our future, for the benefit of all. Always think for the benefit of all. Always think altruistically, because then you'll you'll get an even better reality back um, for you all collectively as humanity. So make that your focus because there's a super clear choice these are really different paths you know that 3D path is frankly looking grimmer by the moment and i think many of you understand my meaning there whereas this this higher path which has some you know white feathers magic magic carpet rides creating from plasma the invisible the intangible the ethereal is more exciting than we have ever known in our lives. Yep, we're stepping off a cliff. Yep, it's a big adventure. Yep, it's invisible. Yep, we've never lived it. Yep, we can't see it. But we can create it. And those manifesting abilities will get stronger and stronger through the Aries equinox and into this beautiful conjunction. And remember that the upgrade is happening at warp speed for many, many people. It's available to everybody, simply down to where you put your focus, how you spend your day, and what you're broadcasting with your frequency. So I hope that's helped you. A lot here, a lot happening, and, boy, are we going to start to feel the, the pace pick up, particularly, I think, around this new moon in Aquarius and onwards through the following months. So I hope that's helped you. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful new moon in Aquarius. Don't forget to set a new intention for what you want to manifest in your life. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.
3: A prophecy made by the Hopi elders in June of the year 2000. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We have been telling people that this is the 11th hour. Now you must go back and tell the people that this is the hour and there are things to be considered. Where are you living? What are you doing? What are your relationships? Are you in a right relation? Where is your water? No, your garden. It is time to speak the truth create your community be good to each other and do not look outside yourself for your leader this could be a good time there is a river flowing now very fast it is so great and swift that there are those who will be afraid they will try to hold on to the shore they will feel they are being torn apart and they will suffer greatly know the river has its destination The elders say we must let go of the shore, push off into the middle of the river, keep our eyes open and our heads above the water. See who is in there with you and celebrate. At this time in history, we are to take nothing personally, least of all ourselves. For the moment that we do, our spiritual growth and journey has come to a halt. The time of the lone wolf is over. Gather yourselves. Banish the word struggle from your attitude and your vocabulary. All that we do now must be done in a sacred manner and in celebration. We are the ones we've been waiting for.
1: Through Hopi country, when I was on one of my trips across America, it's where I got my belt buckle. got a Hopi. Hopi Indians used very fine silver work as opposed to Navajo, who used big, chunky lumps of turquoise. Anyway, that's another story. Now, this year so far, we've done at least two drum workshops, drum making workshops, um, and it seems to be a thing that's expanding again this year. As you heard from Pam, and even from the Hopi, we need to come together and we're we're looking at doing some drumming workshops and drumming circles around the equinox, which Pam was talking about in, uh, in March. The Shift Network have put together a series of programs about drumming and how it can help you with meditation and healing and all sorts. So we'll have a listen to that.
4: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a special online event today called Awaken Your Rhythm, Discover Drumming for Spirituality and Health. My name is Stephen I'm the founder and president of the SHIFT Network, and I'm delighted to be with you here today exploring a new frontier for us here at SHIFT, and that is rhythm as a vehicle for awakening and transformation and, and really a lot of other things that you might not think of. Uh, we're here with christine stevens who's a acclaimed author music therapist she's taught drumming all over the world to cancer victims alzheimer's patients the musically challenged and people just want to have fun and uh she's she's also a speaker an author and music therapist she's got master's degrees and the author of music medicine the healing drum kit and also the founder of upbeat drum circle so really a wide diversity of background with rhythm as a vehicle for healing for transformation and a lot of fun and so we're we're super excited to explore this new frontier and really see how it can enhance our spiritual growth as well as our our overall well-being. So welcome, Christine.
0: Thank you. (laughs)
4: <laughs> it's great that you open with, with a little bit of rhythm as your first introduction uh, well I know we're tonight I can tell to, this hour is going to be a lot of fun and I want to let people know that we're going to have a chance to go much deeper with Christine in an upcoming program really our first at the shift network that focuses on rhythm as a portal to your awakening so uh, more to come on that towards the end of the hour so, Christine, I'd love for, you, love for you to share a little bit of the backstory of, first of all, just what led you to dedicate your life to this, where clearly you've got many books and organizations and outreach efforts. This is really at the heart of your offering for the world. So what, what turned this into your life path?
0: Oh, thank you for that great question. Thank you for having me here. I'm very excited that we're going to have drumming in the global platform of the SHIFT Network, and I wanted to just maybe offer an invocation chant to begin this whether you have a drum or you don't have a physical drum we all have the drum of our heart if you just put your hand on your heart you feel that rhythm and this chant spirit of the drum awaken me spirit of the drum awaken my soul spirit of the drum carry me back to myself So it's funny, when I started in my work in music therapy, I almost failed percussion class. I couldn't hold the sticks correctly and read the music and I, like many people, thought I didn't have rhythm. And years later I was invited to a drum circle and I put my hands on a conga and experienced this joyful creative expression. It was a very powerful inward experience of being in the pocket, the groove. Uh, It was so much easier than improvising on other instruments like piano or guitar, like it was just primal. And at the same time as I was having this inward experience of connection to rhythm, I felt really in sync with this whole community of strangers that became, you know, friends. I felt connected and I had a sense of that unity consciousness. And we know from science that when we drum together, it builds kindness and compassion. And I really saw that in my work in the war zone of northern Iraq, bringing together warring tribes through the power of drumming and transforming a war zone into a space of love and connection and creative expression. And so that was a very big turning point for me. And I spent the next 10 years just studying every world percussion I could get my hands on. And I brought drumming into my work as a music therapist and started to see tremendous transformation. Um, Probably the highlight for me was working with an Alzheimer's patient, an Irish man, Mr. O'Malley. And I would go in and drum with him and he would drum back with me back and forth. And he was late stage Alzheimer's and really didn't remember me each time I came, but yet his rhythm was improving and he was experiencing a lot of happiness and his face would light up and his feet would start tapping. And one day his daughter and her husband came into the room while I was working with him, and they were amazed to see their father having so much fun. And, of course, I ran down and got two more drums. And as the four of us were drumming, Mr. O'Malley started singing, My Body Lies Over the Ocean. And I was, like, shocked. He'd never sang before. He had this immediate eruption of this song. And I looked over, and his daughter was crying, really weeping. And I found out that her name was Bonnie and he named her after that song. And Uh. she said to me, I've been visiting him week after week. He doesn't know who I am, but today I know he knows I'm here. And it just made me realize the drum has all these benefits. It had the physical benefit, the neurological benefit, the memory, the, the human connection through a song. And it transformed my work, and that's why I'm excited to bring this to so many people that perhaps don't think they have rhythm, but we all, if you have a heartbeat and you're alive, you are part of the rhythmic symphony.
4: Wow, amazing stories! I, like, I didn't know about the whole background with Iraq and much less the Alzheimer's. And so, uh, maybe you can share a little bit why, a little bit more about why rhythm is so central for you know for healing, for transformation. Why? I mean, essentially, we're rhythmic creatures, and that we kind of entrain with rhythm. And, and why? And, and, I, and how does that lead to downstream benefits?
0: Well, the Lakota have a saying that the Great Spirit loved the drum so much he gave everyone a heartbeat. And I think part of the power of it is it's so accessible. I mean, even people that can't keep a tune in a bucket can drum on a bucket. And so it has this way of pulling you in. Uh, In my work, what I've seen is the entrainment, which is a scientific principle that moves us from that individual consciousness to the we consciousness. When we all come together in a rhythm and you really can't resist it, You fall into this beat together and that groove carries us. Even geese that fly in rhythm have 15% less effort because they are in that beat together. We know it when we work out. We don't work out without a beat. You know, when we have a beat, we can move longer and easier. So this is an idea of how we can access the beauty of music, not just for listening, but for actually being the creator of the rhythms that are healing for your life.
4: I'd love for you to share a little bit about the specific ways that uh, rhythm affects our brain waves too, because I know that's part of where the healing uh, benefit comes is, is that we're that we synchronize our brain waves with uh, with rhythm as well, right?
0: One of the most interesting things is when we play an instrument from our own heart, just this improvisational playing, like I've been doing on this call, it changes our brain and we actually turn off the brain areas that are, that are dedicated to self-monitoring and self-judgment. And we activate the part of the brain that's related to meditation and self-expression. So I always say it's not just what rhythm does for us, it's what it undoes. That we can stop that mind of judgment and self-criticism, and we can free up a place that takes us out of the mind, out of the thinking mind, and fall into the heart.
4: And I know that one of the things you focus on also has to do with how we feel rhythm as a healing energy in our body. So if we're, you know, there's one way to, which is just kind of go with the groove, but then you can actually take it on as a more intentional practice, right? I'd love for you to share a bit about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can demonstrate that actually. And I know you have a drum too. You can play along and people can play along with this. And what happens with the drum and with rhythm is that it ignites and excites our motor system because we are a walking, talking, ticking, talking polyrhythm. I mean, we are a drum ourselves. We are a skin stretched over a shell. So what I'd like people to do to practice this is I'm gonna play a rhythm and I'm gonna ask you to begin for the first minute to hold still. And that's because we override our tendency to tap our foot or bob our head. And you wanna shut all of that into stillness so that you can notice where the drum speaks to your body. Rhythm is a medicine for the body. And you'll actually feel this. you sometimes you're surprised, like what where is the rhythm speaking to my body? Because we're living in the era of individualized medicine. And so we can no longer say the drum, you'll feel it in your heart. I mean, it's really up to you. And I believe the rhythm comes to ourselves, in our bodies, in our cells where we both where we most need it. I believe the rhythm comes to our bodies where we most need it. So I'll begin and just hold still for a minute and then I'll, in, I'll invite you it's time to move along. That's funny to move along. It's time to move subtly just where you feel the rhythm. entrainment. I mean, we fall in sync with that rhythm and we feel the rhythm somewhere in our physical body and deep in ourselves. And as we move, whether it's subtle or large, we connect with that rhythm. And that's something I'm bringing into the course is the embodiment of rhythm. So ashe, ashe is a, a saying from the Aruban tradition and the Afro Brazilian and Afro Cuban, which means the creativity in me honors the creativity of you. Like Namaste, but for creativity, Ache.
4: Ache, I love yeah. it. Well, it's it was interesting to, to as a practice to kind of sense first where the rhythm starts to move, and is there is there a logic about what needs to move and open our body? Is it more about like what particular beats correspond to different parts of our body? I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that.
0: Absolutely, great question. There's. A lot of difference between tempo changes, we all know that in our lives. Sometimes it's hard to slow down. For me, for many years, it was hard to meditate. But I found that if I drummed and then sat still afterwards like we just did in that practice, I could sort of feel myself just land in the quiet, in the stillness, because rhythm and stillness are polarities. So they help balance each other, and they're actually drivers towards one another. I also find that the six-eight rhythm moves your hips and the four-four rhythm moves your feet. I'll do a quick demo of those. And some would say the feminine is the six-eight and the masculine is the four-four. So it's fun because in many world traditions and we'll be learning world rhythms in our course, you have the polyrhythms of the four and the three dancing together. It's the weaving of the masculine and feminine. So here's something that often makes you feel more like swaying. We know that from skipping. Skipping is also that groove. So in Brazil, the rhythm of 4-4 is the parade. And I love that metaphor for shift network because we are coming together like an ensemble moving together, marching together no matter what part you're playing. And in Brazil, people make shakers from soda cans and bass drums from uh, garbage cans, and they march together to this beat that starts with the 4-4. Whole topic of healing rhythms. I mean, one thing that happens with the drum is it has vibration, and you can use any drum in this course, but especially with the frame drum, if I hold it over my heart, that rhythm, that sound, vibration comes over my body, and I create a drum massage. So I can actually drive that interaction of my body and the drum through where I position it, how I position it over my body. There's a lot of levels to your great question in terms of the power of different rhythms. And I think it also really comes down to intention because when you bring in the consciousness and I've learned this from world traditions and I've learned this from shamanic traditions and my studies with Lakota and Sufi is that it really involves three keys, which is intention, posture, meaning how you hold the drum and the expression, meaning the rhythm So I thought of this healing rhythm for us this morning. I thought of this healing rhythm for us to do, which is pertinent to awakening your rhythm from the healing drum program I created, and it's called Transformation. So this is a rhythm to take a moment, put your hand on your heart, and think about something you're transforming in your life. We certainly can think about what we would like to see transforming in the world because it happens first in consciousness So, taking a deep breath into the inner drum, the inner rhythm and feeling into your own connection to what is transformation for you. And then we put that into the rhythm just using the the phrase, Transformation, brush, brush, transformation, brush, brush, transformation.
4: Beautiful. All the insights that you have, I feel like you keep opening up new little worlds of understanding. Uh, Well, let's go. I I know you have a demonstration. You also want to do around the four element sounds of nature and that that's really a, a key element for awakening rhythm in a deeper way. So let's go there.
0: Yeah, thanks. So if you have a drum or you don't have a drum, either way, you always have your heart drum. And as I demonstrate these four sounds, this is an invitation to concentrate on your own intention with how do you connect to the element of earth, air, fire, and water, and of course the fifth element of ether or space, which is played like this, resting. Sometimes we all need more resting. That can be very healing. So we'll start with the earth and feeling grounded. Take a breath. I always begin hand on heart taking a breath into my inner drum because the whole focus of this course is awakening your rhythm so coming from the inside into the outer expression and feeling the gratitude for your drum and your heart drum and putting that energy on your drum with an open sweeping hand and then we start with the earth sound which is the center the low pitched resonant sound and think about what grounds you think about where in your life you need more grounding more earth energy Sound like a water drop falling on the drum. So, the earth and the water. Think about what flows through you in the water element. Where in your life do you need more flow? remembering to breathe let's just put that in the drum the air sound <laughs> so brushing on the drum creates that air sound what breathes you where in your life do you need more breath Where in the world do we need more breath? And let's move into the element of fire, tapping. Picking that high sound on the rim of the drum what ignites you where do we need more passion in our lives connect to the one element if you had to pick one element today the earth the water the air the fire you can play around with that sound on the drum With that element of space, ether, taking a breath and resting. And then coming back to hand over heart, we take all that energy that we generated through drumming and bring it back to the inner drum. And thank you, Ashe. Aho.
4: Ah <clears throat> That's fascinating. I'd never thought about those different different types of sounds as being connected to elements before. That just kind of is like, oh it's a it's a real inter- it's an interesting revelation to think that each you know the, the, the more staccato, the, 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 the ping of the of the fire is like you know, igniting something and then the whoosh of the the air sort of soothing in a certain way. So it's oh, beautiful. It really opens up a different understanding.
0: Um, for that it. tradition of love- oh. Go ahead. That, so that tradition I learned from Lane Redman, who wrote the book When the Drummers Were Women. She's a great teacher, and she also studied with Sufi tradition from Hamza uh, and Eldin. And I think what's beautiful about this practice is that we remember that the drum carries us into nature. I mean, it's from nature. The drum shell is a tree hollowed out and the hide was always, you know, an animal connected. And even the remote drums that I use that are vegan, vegetarian, made in America, um, they have an energy of the nature sounds. And I think sometimes when we need healing, we can just reach out and connect through sound. We are such visual people, but sound really connects us immediately. To a deeper part of our brain, it's reptilian, it's primal, and it can shift us very quickly. I studied people and it took four minutes, only four minutes, for people to change their biology through drumming. That's pretty immediate uptake. When you compare that to pharmaceuticals, that's a speedy uptake.
4: Well, Christine, these super fascinating insights, and I love the little worlds that we're opening up by by doing this. And I want to more explicitly link us now to some of the ancient shamanic traditions, indigenous cultures around the world, that the drumming has been, in some ways, the, our first foundational spiritual practice. And I'm free to share a little bit more about how drumming can be used in a really specifically shamanic way to to work with consciousness and and to and to create. Um, healing rhythms for not just ourselves but really a whole community
0: so to me one of the keys with drumming is how it connects us to the inner world because the drum is our heart so it takes three keys and this really comes from ancient himalayan tantric traditions of shamanism that predates tibetan buddhism so from the Bon tradition And as I work at Shambhala Mountain Retreat Center every year, I find, I learn more and more about the drum and all the medicine men or women, because there were many women shamans, carried the drum. And it's really part of becoming shamans of a new consciousness. And we are all part of this new consciousness. So by bringing together these three components of the intention, the posture, how we hold the drum and third, what we play, what is our expression. We can all generate these healing rhythms and I'm excited to show people this technique. I've been practicing this for a very long time and especially taking your drum into nature and letting nature teach you rhythms. One of my favorite things and there's so many images of ancient shamans sitting by rivers. Well, they were actually getting a lesson. They were learning the rhythms of nature, the rhythms of the river. It's an amazing tool to shift our own consciousness, to offer prayers, to carry prayers. I was very blessed to study for many years with a Lakota shaman as well. And he would always, Uncle Manny, Eagle out Council Pipe Sandoval, and he would say, we'd start drumming and he'd say, just go inside the drum now. <laughs> it would just be a simple invitation as a prompt like that. Um, So because this is such an ancient instrument, and I had so much fun studying with Mickey Hart and working with Mickey Hart for many years, and he traced the history of the drum, it just is such a part of the human connection to the other realms. Because you can find drums and rhythms and shamanism in many world cultures. The West is kind of behind most of the world is drumming and singing and connecting to one another and to the spirit realms. So I think it's good for us to get caught up so that we can be part of this global so that we can be part of this global awakening with rhythm.
4: Beautiful. And how about um, for specifically for journeying or for getting guidance on things? I know that there's like certain kind of key foundational rhythms that are particularly strong for that, right?
0: I think the main rhythm that helps create guidance is the rhythm that you find for yourself. My goal is to help people explore their rhythmic vocabulary. And in connecting to that, I'm less of a teacher of a specific pattern I mean, I think the revolutionary approach about this course is it comes from inside you. And it's amazing when you shift your consciousness into, oh, I can do this. This is part of my lineage. This is my birthright. For so long, women weren't allowed to drum. For so long, people have been told they don't have rhythm. And it's really time to shift that to transform that, because this is going to be the heartbeat that connects us into a new consciousness on the planet. So I think finding your own rhythm, finding your connection to your drum through techniques like blessing your drum, discovering the different patterns from the world that have helped people connect to the spirits, but then really ultimately finding your creative voice.
4: Great. What a great answer. Um, I know that we, we, on the page describing today, we also talked about a rhythm mantra for mindfulness. And I think this would be a great time to, uh, to explore that and as another practice that people can take home with them.
0: Great. So one thing that I love about active meditation, because I was never good at sitting still and being really quiet. I really love having the rhythm as my partner for meditation because it is an active form of meditation. And as you breathe into the rhythm, as you really feel it pulsing you, we all have that inner pulse. And I love that impulse that comes from that word. We have an impulse towards connecting to a deeper part of ourselves. So if you take on a rhythm, like a mantra, it's because it carries your mind out of the busy Baloney monkey mind, and you get into this anchored part of the rhythm. We actually can speak the rhythms. Do, talk, do, talk, talk, do, talk, do, talk, talk, do. So to do a rhythm mantra practice right now, start hand on heart. Always start this way. Breath, connecting to gratitude, connecting to the inner drum putting that energy on the drum in gratitude and exhale any worries doubts fears whatever's in your mind take a breath in again exhaling again great opportunity to release what rhythm undoes And then we'll start with the rhythm. You can say it with me. Doom tak doom talk, uh, doom. Talk. heart Drum to close this mantra practice.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm, beautiful. Well, um, I was doing it right along with you there. It's beautiful and very trained. I liked what you the singing at the end into the or toning into the drum. It's like reminding me of what your your teacher said about enter into the drum. It's almost like a vibratory way to enter into the drum.
0: Absolutely.
4: Cool. Well, I know that this is. so, so much of your work is really built around not needing to be a professional of like any sort. This is really a kind of a universal inheritance and in that when we reconnect with our deeper rhythm and the potential for rhythm all around us, that the world opens to us in a different way and that we're able to really connect with our higher selves and express that and embody that. So I'd love for you to also share a little bit about how you can create more rhythm around you with more just, just how to playfully turn found objects into sound and symphony?
0: It's a great uh, question because the idea of found sounds goes from everything from really sacred traditional cultures of creating instruments for shamanic practice, from everything from seed pods to uh, the clapper sticks of the Chumash Indians, which are always made from the elderberry trees and the clapping sticks of the aboriginals, all the way to Brazil, where you find people making instruments from soda cans and garbage cans. And so much of humanity has always been wanting to be in rhythm that I think it comes through in that way. So I want to show you a couple of things from nature found sounds and from plastic containers that make it easy to create your own rhythms. Okay, so for example, these are a pair of aboriginal clapper sticks. Beautiful artwork on them. And these are some seed pods I found in the parking lot of a grocery store in Encinitas, which I just decorated with Sharpies. Sometimes you can find instruments in life right in front of you in a parking lot. These are the clapper sticks from the Chumash tribe in Southern California, Los Angeles area, hi! Just decorated so beautifully with leather and beads. So what's interesting about... Found sounds from a cultural perspective is that you have instruments this is an african rattle with the cowrie shells and here is a native american rattle with coyote fur and what i love is the teaching that sometimes the shells or the seeds are on the inside and hidden and sometimes right obvious on the outside Rattles are in the medicine wheel, the direction of the east. We all, babies love rattles and it represents new beginnings. And they're fun to make. This turtle shell is amazingly pitched. incredible how much music there is in nature. I mean, this is just a gourd from a plant in the desert in Joshua Tree that I dried and decorated. Uh, You can even find bucket drumming, which I just took a nice cute bucket, decorated a little bit with a Sharpie, and then you can add sticks to it I sometimes use chopsticks because they're lightweight and easy to easy to play with. <laughs> Here we go. five gallon water jug which is a great instrument and many of us have been writing positive affirmation words on our water for a long time since Dr. Emoto's work on the water and intention so I have a good water bottle full of words of joy healing and love easy.
4: (laughs) I love it. It it does give you a whole new perspective on the world to see all the rhythmic possibilities everywhere you go.
0: And mallets are a whole other topic because you can make mallets with felt, with uh, leather. I once worked with a women's group of survivors of cancer and They had lost their hair in the chemo process, so they put their hair inside the drum mallets. And as we drum together some healing rhythms for women's empowerment, we use those mallets that were a reminder of survivorship and the power of their healing journey. And a mallet has a whole different sound on a drum. I mean, if you closed your eyes and you didn't see this water bottle, I think you wouldn't believe this is actually coming from a plastic bottle because it's got a deep, nice sound. So there's no excuse from go into your pantry, get some uh, bottles and some legumes and some popcorn, and fill the bottles and decorate them and create your own rattles.
4: I love it. I love it. And I, and it feels like it's, it also just, there's a playfulness and creativity about it to find rhythm in this. And I like the way you're symbolic, in saying the hair weaving in, the symbol, symbol of, of, um, survivorship. So that when you create your rhythmic instruments, you're also symbolically invoking your own healing, your own awakening, your own kind of courage. There's different things that you can weave into it. So that's, that makes it, um, a really kind of multimodal way of, of working with your own evolution.
0: Yeah, it's a powerful thing to personalize your rhythm collection. And in our course, we're going to be creating our own percussion bag, the spice bag, what brings creativity to the rhythms. So the drum plus the percussion, and then you have this great opportunity to bring in new seeds of new beginning into your life and whatever kind of drum you want to use or find or create.
4: Oh, I love it.
0: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm in in so much gratitude during this call, feeling like it is a significant moment in history that through Shift Network, we are bringing rhythm into awakening. Uh, What I wanted to share was when I heard you spell rhythm, I thought we should have a rhythm for that. (laughs) R-H-Y-D-H-M. R-H-Y-D-H-M, awakening. Your rhythm, awaken your rhythm, awaken, awaken your r-h-y-d-h-l
4: Amen. Well, that's great. Well, I I, th- I love that your spirit of the spirit of offering this work, and it's really clear that you've you've steeped yourself in so many traditions, drawing from you know from Iraq to shaman's to people like Mickey Hart. You've really uh, woven together a lot of fascinating threads. So thank you for this hour, and people are going to be really blessed to join you. So so thanks all, and thank you, Christine, for a beautiful hour.
0: Thank you.
5: I don't reject the lockdown, I choose unconditional freedom, I don't reject the curfew, I choose to look at the stars at night, I don't reject social distance, I choose to embrace my sisters and brothers, I'm not against the mask. I choose to breathe fresh air I'm not against allopathic drugs I choose herbs and plant medicine I'm not against the vaccine I trust my immune system I don't reject fertilizer I choose a healthy soil I don't reject pesticides I trust the plant's wisdom, I don't reject empty food, I choose to nurture my body, I'm not against the law I choose the ancient teachings. I'm not against politicians. I choose personal leadership. I don't reject economic growth. I choose growth national happiness. I don't reject war, I choose to live in harmony, I don't reject artificial intelligence, I choose real connections, I don't reject facial recognition, I choose to look you in the eyes, I choose red over blue, over and over again. I choose light over darkness, over and over again. I choose love over fear, over and over again. I choose life over death. Over and over again. What is your choice? What do we choose? Are we willing to live a life in ceremonial prayer while playing and having fun? Are we willing to stand as one? holding hands and let our voices heard are we willing to embrace our brothers and sisters we are one tribe one family one people one prayer one earth one sky one fire one water we are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change we wish for our world. We are all related. A whole. My name is Fire Horse. He whose spirit is unbroken. This is dedicated to my relatives, my sisters and brothers. This is dedicated to the real evolution of queens and kings.
1: quite self-explanatory. You notice that the difference between an American, Native American drum made from skins and the one Christine uses, which is a synthetic drum with a a different drum head. The ones we make here use red, Red Deer, New Zealand Red Deer skins, which sound like this. So keep an eye out for drum making workshops at Infinity Spiritual Centre. This is um the guy who taught me drum making, Chief Medicine Crow. within Kakite, Shalom, Namaste, Masalam. May I go to with you?
0: for listening to this free fm podcast if you want to hear more content like this you can support free fm via
2: patreon head to patreon.com freefm free fm 89 to find out more